0: scott harold is known for his interviews well you're asking great questions i think you're in the right career path my (laughs) friend i really do scott harold's sos radio podcast starts starts now Parenting comes with a lot of challenges, and a big part of that is related to the fact that our kids are just so different, and we also are terrible communicators. Can we just own that? I'm Scott on Swiss Radio. We're talking about how we understand our kids' wiring with Kathleen Edelman today on SWS Radio. She's a counselor, and she's spent decades studying temperament and parenting strategy. And Kathleen, as a counselor, when you sit down with people or you work in the business setting, there's three topics that everybody always asks. Marriage, kids, and leadership. But number one, it always lands on my kids. How how do I even communicate with my kids? How do I parent better?
1: And here's what's interesting is that when parents will bring their children into my office, frustrated, like very frustrated, and they'll like say, fix them. (laughs) And then I'll meet the children and they're lovely. And then I have to bring the parents back in and go, you know, they're lovely. The problem really isn't them. It's you. <laughs> and it's not that parents are trying to be mean, but what we do is we put our expectations on our children without considering their wiring. And that's what temperament's all about. So where do we even
0: start when it comes to understanding our kids' wiring? Because, you know, you have a middle school kid, they've been with you, you know, 12 to 14 years and you think you know them, but a lot yeah. of times there's this wiring that goes a little deeper than just the personality.
1: Well, there's a difference between personality and temperament. So most of your listeners probably have done some kind of personality assessment. What I teach is temperament. And temperament is your innate wiring. It's what you're born with. It's kind of like your fingerprint or your eye color. So it's, it's how God designed you. So it's unchangeable. And I think that's the thing where we have to start. So there's four temperaments. And I put them with colors, so it's easier to understand. But sanguine yellow, choleric red, melancholy blue, and phlegmatic green. And each of them have their own strengths and weaknesses and their own innate needs. But even more so, Scott, they have their own language. So when you are putting your expectation on a child through your lens or your temperament, you may be missing the target completely. Because just like your children, they may be wired totally different than you. And then within the same family, I understand you have two children. I have two children. My son is blue. My daughter's yellow. They're polar opposites of each other, but they have the same mom and dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what makes communicating with children so difficult, is that (laughs) one path or one way doesn't fit all. So we have to learn to communicate so people can hear us, not even just for your children for your marriage, for your, you know, your boss, for whoever your teammate is. We want to just pause and speak kindly to each other
0: we're talking about the difference between personality and temperament today mm-hmm. at Swiss Radio we're talking with Kathleen Edelman she's a counselor and she's spent decades really studying temperament and parenting strategy and personality and when it comes to our kids Kathleen there's mm-hmm. introverts and extroverts and we know that and we can usually say okay my one child is a little more introverted and a little more extroverted and a lot of times that isn't just about a personality but it's how they recharge and then there's the idea too on the other side of the pendulum of being more people-oriented and being more task-oriented. So if you have an introvert that's task-oriented, that's one style, like the melancholic. And if they're mm-hmm. more people-oriented, be more of like a phlegmatic, right?
1: Right, exactly. So here's what's interesting, is that when we do an assessment, you have a dominant and a secondary. When you're talking about temperament, it's either horizontal or vertical. But what you just said about extrovert, introvert, task and people, that is the foundation of temperament. But when we're talking about communication, we have to understand those words correctly. We're taught that extrovert does mean energized by people and introvert means they don't like to be around people. Really, when we're talking about temperament, extroverts talk before they think they have no filter introverts think before they talk. So if you have a green or a blue child, that's an introvert, they need time to process before they can give you an answer where sometimes your yellow or red child, they speak before they even think about it. And that's not necessarily, sometimes they have to get a little bit more filter So then you mentioned also the task and people. Task-oriented children are going to say things like, what are we doing today? Who's going to do it? I'll lead the way, right? The to-do is more important than the who. And then with people-oriented children, they want connection. They want relationships. So their who is more important than the to-do. So that's even with adults. What we have to understand is your temperament stays with you your entire life. But if we can identify our children, then we're understanding their design, and then we're understanding that their design is not a defect. It is purposeful. You know, God designed them a certain way so that we can honor that design. It's so
0: interesting how we say a certain thing and we think we're communicating really effectively. Now, I'm Scott on Swiss Radio. We're talking with Kathleen Edelman. She's a counselor and a best-selling author, and she wrote a book called The Grown-Up's Guide to Kids' Wiring. But a lot of times when we think about communicating with our kids, we think we're being very clear. But our kids process things a little differently because some of our kids are more task-oriented and some of our kids mm-hmm. are more people-oriented. It's like, I said this. Yes, but you heard
1: that, (laughs) Kathleen. That sounds like a great title for a book, doesn't it? (laughs) So the first book was called I Said This, You Heard That, specifically because most miscommunication is not intentional. For example, again, when I talk to my husband, I happen to be a melancholy blue and he is a phlegmatic green. So I talk and hear out of my temperament he talks and hears out of his. So if I'm not intentional to speak words that he can hear and that honor his innate needs, then there's a very good chance the conversation is going to come back to, well, I thought that's what you said. Well, didn't you say this or you said that? And it's just that there's so much gray area. And that's why I want people to pause a especially with children, and identify their temperament so that we can speak words that are life words over the child. When we speak, it's life or death words. We want to speak life words over the child.
0: Now, the most accurate way to identify a child's temperament is to really, really listen. Now, that's a quote from Kathleen Edelman. Mm-hmm. We're actually talking with her today on Swiss Radio. And When we're trying to understand our kids and their temperament, we usually lead with what we want them to do or how we want to fix them. But... We have to rethink the way that we communicate when we want to get through to our kids. A lot of times when you have people coming in for a therapy session with you, they're complaining about their kids. They walk in, they're like, okay, here's their problem and I need you to fix this. And really quick, you realize that their kids are actually awesome. And a lot of times it's just the communication or it's the expectations the parents have over how their kids are supposed to fit into like a square peg, into a round hole. And you're just like, it makes your head want to explode. (laughs)
1: And that's exactly right, because one of the key skills of communication is listening to understand. Most people listen to respond, because the one thing that all the temperaments share is selfishness. So what my goal is, is to have everybody be their best authentic self so that we can move from selfishness to servitude. In that we can do what Paul taught us to do. What he taught us to do is Ephesians 4.29, which is no unwholesome words come out of our mouth, only what builds others up according to their needs and benefit all who listen. So once we understand the innate needs of our children, then we can change the words because our words either are going to help or they're going to hurt. And the words you use are the words you choose. Nobody is telling you what to say. So for example, if you have a red child that drug a chair across the kitchen because they don't need mom, they're independent, they're driven, they know what they're doing, and they're climbing on the counter, they're going to bake a cake. Normally, that child hears, don't climb on the counter. What are you doing? You're not old enough to do that on your own. Ask next time because that's what we expect as a parent is obedience and to ask and to do. But how about we say to that red child, wow, I admire your independence. I really do. This is a a big project. How would you plan to do it? Tell me what your thoughts are because a red child wants to be part of the decision-making. So once we really peel back and understand each temperament, the words you use are going to be different because you are going to influence the child to be the best version of them because here's the thing, we can control no one, but we can influence everyone.
0: So you just shared an example for a task oriented extrovert. What about if you have a people oriented introvert, like a phlegmatic mm-hmm. sort of child? What would be the best way to communicate with them?
1: And isn't that interesting? This is why I think the foundation, of extrovert, introvert task, and in people is so important because the green phlegmatic child or person is an introvert that's people-oriented. There you go. That's a little oxymoron right there <laughs> for most people, right? But this is a very kind person. This is a gentle, consistent, stable person. The green person is the best leader of people by far. They don't really advocate for themselves well. And that's what I work with, with greens in my office, especially children. But again, in their innate needs, which Scott is like food and water to each temperament, we have to understand what would fill what I called with my own children, their love tank. So for example, greens are very hard to get motivated. You either can say, you know, why do you wait till the last minute to get everything done? That's going to land on a green as they're lazy. And with the expectation from the parent, what they're going to find out is the more you push a green child, the more they're going to slow down and dig in their heels because they're the most stubborn on the board. So why don't we say instead, hey, remember when you were successful when you took the history test last time? That way you studied that seemed to work. Is that what you're planning to do this time? I would love to hear your opinion because one of their innate needs is respect, which means to be asked for their thoughts and opinions. So again, that's going to go directly into their ear and then they'll go, Oh yeah, I was successful that way. I used flashcards. I'm going to go make some flashcards now. You see? So influencing with words that the child can hear is going to change every single conversation.
0: Now Dealing with anger and yelling from our kids, it makes Mm -hmm. us all feel like we're just failing as parents. And Mm -hmm. we get loud, and they get loud, and the next thing you know, you just sort of have to de-escalate things. And we sort of think, hey, you know, my kid's been around for a decade or two. I should have this (laughs) figured out by now. But most of us, if we're being honest, we're not there. We're talking with Kathleen Edelman today at Swiss Radio. We're talking about our temperaments of our kids. We're talking about the wiring of our kids. We're talking about our communication style with our kids. And we often have these expectations. We come in like, I'm going to fix this kid. But a lot of times it's us that needs to adjust. And there's a pride issue that goes along
1: with that that's hard (laughs) to swallow. Well, here's what's interesting is that most adults that I work with are not trying to hurt people with their words. They're just not trying not to. And that's where I want, especially parents and coaches and teachers to be more intentional with the words that they let out of their mouth. Like most people can just talk. I teach communication, which is the exchange of thoughts and emotions and ideas. What my goal is, is that everyone would hopefully learn the art of communication which would mean that every word that comes out of your mouth is a gift to the person that you're speaking to. The one question that I get asked consistently when people hear this information in either book, I Said This, You Heard That, or The Grown Up's Guide to Kids Wiring is, is it too late? Am I too late? I wish I would have known this when my kids were in elementary. I wish I would have known this when they were in middle school. Okay. I believe your listeners are hearing it today because this is the day they were supposed to receive it. I think God's a God of perfect timing and order. And I think this is when you heard it. So if your kids are in middle school, start now. If your kids are in high school, start now. If your kids are married, start now. And the thing is, I cannot stress this enough let's not just jump into trying to fix our kids or talk to our kids in the temperament. We have to work on ourselves too. You have to understand how you're designed and what your innate needs are. And are you speaking life words to yourself? Because negative self-talk is the demise of a lot of people. So it's basically the bottom line is you cannot give what you don't have. So you have to work on your design so that you have something to give to another person.
0: When our kids have a lot of negative self-talk, maybe they're just struggling in school. Maybe they're playing sports and they're just feeling like I am the worst kid on this team and my teammates don't really respect me. Kathleen, what do you suggest for overcoming that negative self-talk with our role as parents?
1: Well, each temperament has a whole list of strengths and a whole list of weaknesses. And, It's hard to live out of your strengths if you're not managing your weaknesses. But what's interesting is you have to have weaknesses to know your strengths. It's really no different than we know it's light out because we know dark. You know, we know loud because we know quiet. We know evil because we know good. We know our strengths because we can manage our weaknesses. Now, children... If they're moody or they're angry or they're frustrated, that's a legitimate feeling because it's their weakness. You're never going to eliminate weaknesses. They are absolutely okay to feel them. We just do not want them to stay there. So we can say, hey, I see you're angry, you know, or I see you're frustrated. I used to say this to my own son. I see you're frustrated that Thomas the Train didn't stay on the track but you're so good at organizing and getting all the trains lined up. Let's see if I can help you get them back on the track. So we want to validate their feelings, but then we want to influence them to pick a strength over a weakness.
0: Now, what have you learned about respect when it comes to our kids? Because a lot of times, we start from this place where our kids are yelling, our kids are frustrated, our kids are just not acting nice. And we want to be respected as parents, and we know that we're supposed to be the authority in the home, but our kids don't receive that. Our kids don't accept that. And a lot of times, they come thinking, like, we're equals here because we're human beings. And you're like, well, yes, but... No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's interesting is not all temperament children will do that. The first child, again, that would probably put themselves on the level of authority is going to be a red. So, in intelligent-wise, it it could be a blue child. So, here's the thing is if we're not modeling respect of communication and honoring the other person's design – then it's very difficult to think you're going to get that in return. So there's two different activities that I have in the I Said This, You Heard That book, which I would encourage your people to start with because it's very foundational. And the first one, Scott, is that you have to know your weaknesses. So for example, me, I could have a tendency to remember the negatives. Well, it's at that fork in the road that I can say, I have a tendency to remember the negatives, but what does the circumstance require of me? It requires compassion or it requires logic. And that's what we can say to our children. Hey, you have a tendency to, you know, remember the negatives or be moody. What could you choose differently to handle this circumstance? The second activity I love even more because it's after the fact. Say you and your child have conflict. The first thing I want a parent doing is asking what part did I play? What part did I play and what could I have said or done differently? And I'm telling you 95 to 98% of the time, the parents can find what I call a hinge or pivot point where they could have said or done something differently that would have changed the whole whole conversation. Well,
0: we're talking with Kathleen Edelman today at Swiss Radio and that book that we were just talking about is called I Said This, You Heard That. Basically it's almost like a good study to do with your kids if they're in like middle school or high school, like yours a family, you could go through that and save a whole lot of money on therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well I love the way that both books were done because there's free videos that go with the books in each chapter. So it's literally like you're sitting in the office with me because what we did was we picked four adults that they are not actors that are very dominant in their first temperament. So their responses and reactions to the questions and the conversations are very organic. So it's very identifiable to the different temperaments. So then we followed that same thing up in the, in the grown-ups guide book. And then we incorporated children, which, you know, I interviewed 32 or 34 children over three days and got organic responses to children. And this is what I see in my office. And we put it on video so you could see it. And you're going to go, oh, my gosh, there's my son or there's my daughter. This is how they're wired. So this is what I have to think about is their wiring informs their behavior. It tells me how they're going to hear things. It shows me what, why they say the things that they do. And hopefully these aha moments are going to go off with all the people that take the time to put in the work to make a difference.
0: Well, thanks for your time today, Kathleen. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, we had a great time. I hope I get to do it again.
0: Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through sosradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.